Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here. Welcome you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get going, a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Now, a little later on, we'll be taking a couple of your Twitter questions. But first, for those of you who are trying to add and drop your way to a fantasy championship, we have got a day-by-day streaming guide for the rest of the week. Tommy Beer is here with me. Tommy, we're going to start with Wednesday. These are streaming plays day-by-day the rest of the week. Looking at Portland, Chicago on Wednesday. A lot to talk about, Tommy, with Portland, but let's start before we get to Yusuf Nurkic and the fallout from that with Seth Curry, 19% rostered in Yahoo Leagues as we tape. The Blazers are playing Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, so three games in four days. Curry is hot. Is he close to, to a must-own for you for this these three games that are coming up? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, when you factor in the, the you know, just as you mentioned, airdrop at this time of the season is so valuable. It's it's really important. You don't have to think about what happened last week or two months ago or what might happen the start of next season. It's strictly about this future and Curry's in a good spot. Um, you mentioned Nurkic going down, so that'll open up some usage, open up some field goal attempts, and we'll dive into that in, in just a bit as far as the centers are related. But from Curry, that you know that can only help him as it probably opens up a few more shots. And the other bit of news that um, certainly increases Curry's fantasy value is Coach Terry Stotts confirming yesterday that um, C.J. McCollum will not travel with the Blazers during this four-game road trip. Um, so that means that uh, McCollum's obviously out for at least the, the next four games and the three games remaining in this week for Portland. So um, you mentioned Curry, 20 points um, last night, uh, 20 points uh, two games ago. Over the Blazers' last four games, averaging 16.8 points, uh, over 31 minutes a night. He's not going to give you much in terms of rebounds and assists. We know that. But he's provided some steals, always a solid uh, per- high percentage shooter, and is also averaging 2.8 threes, um, has f- five made threes in each of the the Blazers last two games so um, yes I think is as, as close to a uh, must own even shallower leagues um, as you're going to find as far as a, a guy that's likely on the waiver wire in a bunch of leagues out there and yeah and with points and threes guys we're always looking for something to differentiate them Curry is getting some steals as you said so he's not strictly speaking just a points and threes guy so a lot to like there let's talk about the Yusuf Nurkic injury uh, you said opening up a lot of usage, and then I thought of usage Nurkic, which made me want to vomit, but I couldn't resist saying it. Uh, obviously, a, a brutal injury situation in Portland and Nurkic, but we're here to look at the fallout. The first thing that comes to mind is Zach Collins potentially resurfacing this rotation. First of all, what are your thoughts on Collins? Second of all, do you think we could see someone like Jake Lehman reemerge because he's kind of faded from relevance recently? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I wish I had a better answer, you know, going forward, but I think it really is kind of a difficult situation to predict. I think it's kind of going to be, you know, split up relatively evenly among Myers Leonard, uh, Zach Collins, Ennis Cantor, and Jake Lehman. I think you can make a case for all three guys. I think Stotts may kind of play it on a uh, matchup based format. 
Um, if Cantor gets hot, you know, he's capable of giving you 25 and 15 um, on any given night. I could see him getting a bunch of minutes. Um, if Cantor's given up a basket, you know, basically every defensive trip, I could see them, um, which is which certainly isn't hard to imagine. Right. Um, you know, I could see them, you know, kind of leaning on Zach Collins or, or Myers Leonard to protect the rim a little bit more. Um, so unfortunately, I don't, the, the, the downside is I don't think there's one clear winner here. Um, I think Cantor obviously is the biggest beneficiary, um, but he's most likely owned in all leagues i've seen a lot of zach collins love and i think it's very justified um but the fact that he was you know basically out of the rotation for a large chunk there kind of speaks to um surprisingly you know how little confidence stats had in him i mean that he never felt completely out of the rotation but um he hadn't played more than 20 minutes you know he's basically averaging around you know 12 minutes a game over the last three contests you know, still giving you eight points and three rebounds, something along those lines. I definitely think he should should be close to around twenty minutes. Um, so his fantasy, but I think he's definitely worth taking a flyer on. Um, don't get me wrong; I think he's the guy to pick up if you got hurt by the uh, Nurkic injury or are just looking for um, additional counting stats. I think he's definitely worth a flyer. I'm just a, maybe I'm just a little bit pessimistic on some of the upside I've seen out there in the Twitterverse and elsewhere. So you know, as him being a, a real stud going forward, I'm just worried about Leonard um, and. Layman kind of eating into his potential upside. Could be more of a running back by committee than than uh, fantasy owners want it to be. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, it's, Collins could, you know, explode. He certainly has the potential. Um, was a stud at Gonzaga. Has shown flashes of really high upside um, during his first two years with the Blazers. So let's hope he kind of busts out. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little bit. I, I'm a little bit weary of a RBBC there going forward. <laughs> Speaking of flashes of high upside and enormous potential, let's look at one other game from Wednesday, uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. We saw Bruno Caboclo just go absolutely berserk on Monday, 24 points, 11 boards, somewhat out of nowhere. As we look at Memphis's week, Tommy, uh, they play Wednesday and then they also go Saturday and Sunday. Are you chasing those numbers from Caboclo, considering that he really hadn't done anything in his games right before that? Yeah, I mean, that's the scary part. With Bruno, obviously he had the 24-point explosion, but in six of his nine games prior to that, he had scored three points or less. You know, it's just his game lock. One point, three points, two points, three points, three points. Did have a 15-point game uh, last week and then backed it up with nine, but then just three points in the, before the 24-point explosion. So, um, listen, if you're in a very deep league and you have some roster space and you want to take a flyer on somebody, it's, it certainly can't hurt. Um, the one very positive, if you're, if you're looking for a reason to, to kind of roll the dice on Bruno, has, has averaging over nearly 33 minutes a game over the last four games. So the Grizz are, are obviously running low on healthy bodies. Um, so there's a reason to believe he'll he'll be given a chance to you know see if he can replicate that uh, that strong stat line from Monday night. If you like swinging for the fences, Caboclo uh, is an interesting stream this week. So we like Kabok. Well, we like Curry and Caboclo, uh, a total boomer bust for Wednesday. Let's look at Thursday now, Tommy. Uh, a couple of players from Thursday. I highlighted Ed Davis simply for the fact that he has been getting a lot of rebounds lately. So this is really a play for one category. He's averaging over 10 boards a game his last 10 games. Do you buy into the philosophy of, you know, would you stream for just one category, especially when it's a category as common as boards? Or or do you think uh, Davis is maybe not the move here? Yeah, I think it's all dependent on your league. I, I think this is one of those situations where, on Thursday, you know, probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when you'll have a better feel of what you need. In these head-to-head matchups, one of the reasons they're so interesting, especially with championships on the line, is it literally could come down to three or four rebounds one way or the okay. other, or, or two blocks, or one steal, or, or a couple three-pointers. 
so yes, uh, the, and the, the other good thing about Davis is um, even though he's a strong rebounder, he's not going to hurt your free throw percentage. Um, he's a relatively uh, solid free throw shooter. He's obviously a good, you know, high field goal percentage as he only takes shots basically in and around the basket. So yeah, as you mentioned, you know, if you're in a category where you, you know, are up or down, you know, plus or minus 50 in assists and literally you could pick up Russell Westbrook off the, you know, or, or uh, you know, another, you know, stud assist guy off the wire, you know, trade for him, but it wouldn't help you, you know, whereas if, uh, you know, Ed Davis might be, it's, it's one of those weird things where late in the week um, in a head-to-head matchup, a guy like Ed Davis could have more valuable than a top 20 overall guy due to that one specific category. So, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly not recommendable. I would, I guess, early in the week, um, right. it's, it's a little bit difficult to project where you might be come Saturday or Sunday. But um, as we get closer to the weekend, and, and if you need a specific category, Davis has definitely got a target from, from a rebound perspective. So, yeah, Davis will play again on Saturday. So you could look at him then if you don't look at him on Thursday. Also on Thursday, the Kings play for uh, the first of three games in four days. And that, I think, brings Nemanja Bialica into the spotlight as a streaming play. He's actually averaging a double-double over 10 points and 10 boards his last four games. The Pelicans seem like a nice spot for him to potentially benefit from some garbage time. Do you like Bialica here, Tommy? And do you like him, generally speaking, for that, that run of three games in four days? Obviously, the games are extremely valuable, extremely important uh, at this stage of the season. I almost picked up Belly after his 13 points, you know, because he exploded, um, I believe it was Friday of last week, um, when he went for 13, 17, and, and five assists. And he played 36 minutes in that game. The next game, he only played 20 minutes and had eight rebounds and, and uh, eight points and six rebounds, rather, which is, is certainly respectable. Um, it's still a little bit of a roll of the dice with Belly. Uh, the good news for Bielitsa is. Uh, Harry Giles was ruled out. That then that can only help uh, Bielita's fantasy value, knowing that Harry Giles won't be in the mix. So we'll see how it plays out. I guess I'm kind of lukewarm on on Bielitsa. I guess it kind of depends on you know what else is on the waiver wire, what else you might expect. I'm a little bit hesitant to, to throw the full weight of my confidence behind them, um, especially considering that the fact that um, the Kings are you know they they've already been eliminated from the postseason, so I could. See, kind of see them starting to experiment a little bit with their younger guys more and, you know, being less focused on necessarily racking up wins uh, with a veteran like Bielitsa. I would almost be worried if you threw the full weight of your confidence behind <laughs> Bielitsa. <laughs> Good. All right. We're on the same page. Yeah. But I, I don't hate it. I don't hate yes. it. I don't love it. I, let's get into Friday. And here's a streaming play I'm far more excited about. And I want to take your temperature about this. Josh Akogi, his last four games, this was heading into Tuesday night as we're taping, Last four games, 16.8 points, 4.5 boards, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.8 threes, shooting better than 53% from the field. He starts a back-to-back Friday and Saturday. I mean, look, I've always I've been intrigued by Akogi all season, kind of wondering if he can put it together. He's shown flashes. It looks like it might finally be happening. Uh, are you buying in for Friday and Saturday on Akogi? We're definitely on the same wavelength, Matt. I actually scooped up uh, Akogi in one of my main leagues this morning um, before we even started talking. I dropped Damon Dotson for him. Dotson only has two games this week as a member of the the Knickerbockers. They only um, uh, so it, you know just it, it really I think made sense um, for me to get the extra games out of Akogi. And as you mentioned, the, the production's been there. The good the, the other positive about him is his minutes played. Again, that's something obviously we always want to look at. 
the Wolves are, are have been decimated by injuries. They're obviously out of the playoff mix. They're going to focus on the young guys down the stretch. They're going to, they want to see what a Kogi can kind of you know produce. Um, the one thing that worries me is his field goal percentage, as you mentioned, over 53% uh, last week from the floor. He, he has not been a, a solid shooter efficiency-wise. The first part of his rookie season, and even dating back to college, hasn't been a very efficient scorer. Um, but if he can knock down some threes, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. You know he's going to, usually he's going to round out the rest of that fantasy column, um, you know, a steal, uh, two blocks, you know, four four rebounds, and and hopefully he can give you. I'm not even if he gives me 16 plus points, I love it. But even if he gives me, you know, 12 to 13 points, and and kind of rounds out the rest of those categories, that's what I'm hoping for him going forward. Yeah, but yes, I, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm high on a Kogi, and ho- at least hopefully high um, for the rest of the week. It screams fluke production, but yes. in some ways, that's what March and April are all about. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. <laughs> uh, another rookie who plays twice this weekend, Miles Bridges, goes Friday and Sunday. His last four games: thirteen point eight points, eight point eight boards, two point zero steals, zero point eight blocks, one point five threes. Uh, he looks pretty phenomenal right now. I guess I'd ask you. Do you have him on a similar level to Okogi in terms of enthusiasm, higher, lower, about the same? I'd have him a little higher. I think he's been a little bit more consistent, a little bit more productive. He's a little bit more of a focal point, especially, well, uh, the only thing that worries me with Bridges is is uh, Nicholas Batum coming back. Mm-hmm. Batum, as we're recording this just a, about two hours or so ago, um, the Hornets announced that he was doubtful. Um, and I think he told the reporters after shoot around that he doesn't think he's going to play. He's dealing with a virus. Um, so he's dealing with an illness, has missed the, the last few games for the, the Hornets. But uh, the, the Hornets are another team that they, they are actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. They are fighting for their playoff lives. So they're going to play their guys, you know, basically as much as they can handle. Um, and Bridges is has proven to be um, one of the um, you know more productive players for the Hornets of late. Um, gives him production on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Uh, as you mentioned, he's got eight steals over his last four games, plenty of or almost nine rebounds per contest, one point five three. So yeah, I like his. I like him more than a Kogi. If I had to choose between the two, I would definitely lean towards Miles. He's seen plenty of minutes um, on a team that needs him to play minutes on a team that's not going to rest anybody going forward. Um, so uh, I'm high on, uh, on Miles Bridges as well. Real quick, Tommy, so we're taping this Tuesday afternoon. If Batum is back on Friday, does that make you want to back off of Bridges or are you still will you still press ahead and play him? I'd still probably press ahead and play him, but I'd, I'd knock down his, you know, my, my my expectancy, maybe 10, 15 percent, something on the old lines. So, instead of 34, 35 minutes, he might see, you know, 30, 31. So um, it's it's obviously not an ideal situation, but Batum had had been obviously had been bumped to the bench even before he got sick. So um, they have a, you know, a, the, the Charlotte coaching staff has plenty of confidence in Bridges. So um, I think I do as well. All right, that was Friday, Kogi and Bridges, uh, our top priorities. I'll quickly mention uh, Vince Carter has been around 10 points, 0.9 steals, 2.53s for the month of March if you're feeling bold. Uh, you could potentially throw the 42-year-old into your lineup, especially in a deeper league. Uh, so let's look at Saturday. If it's a Zubats, goes Saturday and Sunday. He's been pretty solid in his limited minutes lately. Tommy, are you feeling Zubats as a play against the Cavs starting on Saturday? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I think the thing you ought to worry about with Zubats is the the minutes per game. Um, he hasn't played more than eight, 19 minutes uh, in any of the last four games, averaging 17.5 minutes during the contest. But uh, it, again, as you mentioned, in those limited minutes, um, still averaging 8.8 rebounds and 7.8 points. He's uh, and 1.5 blocks as well. He's uh, in a similar vein to Ed Davis, as you mentioned, even though he's probably got a higher ownership percentage. But yeah, if he's floating around the wire as well, another guy that's not going to hurt you, he knocks down his free throws, um, shoots a high percentage from the floor also has a higher block rate than ed davis so uh if you have to choose between the two uh, i'd I'd prefer zubats and uh yeah just you know keep your expectations and you know in uh um, in check but he can certainly deliver eight points eight rebounds and and a couple blocks on a given night so memphis this weekend we talked about memphis earlier but we haven't talked about this angle they play saturday and sunday which makes you think mike conley could certainly sit out at least one of those games is there a point tommy where you sort of preemptively pick up Tyler Dorsey just for that event, even if you're only going to get one good game out of this weekend? I would wait until the week. I mean, so it's crazy, but so much can change over the next few days. You know, we could find out Devin Booker sitting or some other star sitting that could, you know, influence your move. So in, in many leagues, um, I know most leagues that I'm in now have a cap on, on mm-hmm. moves made. So I would certainly hold on to, I'd, I'd keep a, a couple bullets in the chamber until we get to Friday, Saturday night before I make any preemptive moves. I'd, I'd want to see until, you know, kind of how the week plays out. It certainly wouldn't be shocking if we find out another star gets shut down on Wednesday or um, somebody tweaks his ankle like that costs him a couple games on Thursday or Friday whatever the case might be so um, should and, but I totally agree with you that Mike Conley is going to sit out at least one of those contests um, and at that point I'd, I'd consider Tyler Dorsey even though it's a bit of a roll of the dice but we'll also have a little bit more of a body of work can Bruno back up uh, his 24 point game in between then before we get to the weekend it'll give us a little bit more of uh, information as we uh, approach that uh, do or die game for most of us in, in fantasy playoffs yeah so the Grizzlies again go Saturday and Sunday so that's a team to keep in mind as we get into the weekend now looking at Sunday Tommy the Bucks take on the Hawks Pat Connaughton his last eight games prior to Tuesday around 10 points six and a half rebounds two assists 0.8 steals and 2.03s picking up extra minutes with Malcolm Brogdon out playing the fantasy friendly Atlanta Hawks who push the pace and don't really play any defense are you feeling Connaughton as a pickup for Sunday's matinee against Atlanta? Yeah, I think Connaughton's a guy that um, certainly worth keeping an eye on. As you mentioned, Brogdon's out. Um, only played 25 minutes. I picked him up last week, and he gave me 10 boards and, and four assists in, in one of those games, I believe it was on Friday night, and backed it up with 9-7 and seven, uh, in their most recent win over the Cavs on Sunday. Uh, yes, the, and the Bucks will eventually, um, it looks like they've kind of locked up the number one overall seed, um, so you can expect them to start kind of limiting minutes for some of their other starters and or stars, the Middletons, Giannis's of the world. Um, so I think Connaughton should, um, he's certainly not in that mix. I could see him playing 30 plus minutes a night. And, um, you know, he's one of those scrappy defenders um, that can give you a couple steals, a couple threes. Um, he'll hit the boards. He's a good rebounder for a guard. And if you need somebody that, uh, you know, baseball starts this weekend, if you need a pitcher or off your bench, um, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy that can throw a 97 mile power fastball too. So, but uh, yes, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm not overly, obviously not overly excited about him. And again, you know, as we look ahead, um, it's probably best to reassess the situation over the weekend but he's another guy that could certainly have increased value if we find out you know Chris Middleton sitting or Eric Bledsoe sitting or something along those lines which certainly wouldn't shock me for a Sunday afternoon game late in the season for for a game that's relatively meaningless for Milwaukee one other game on Sunday 
the late well one other game i want to highlight the lakers and the pelicans uh, looking at this from the Pelicans side of things frank jackson was not really someone i was that interested in until recently he actually has picked up his assists i believe he's had four assists four assists and six assists a career high in his last three games that's obviously a small sample size but small sample sizes are what we have here uh are you buying into frank jackson as a potential streaming play for sunday yeah, I think you you mentioned kind of the most important statistic with Jackson is he because he's been scoring consistently. Yep. I mean, he's got double digits in nine straight games. Um, over his last eight games, he's averaging seventeen point four points, one point eight threes. But the thing that was frustrating as a guard, he just just you know one assist, two assists, zero assists um, on a, on a basically you know he's averaging under two assists per game for the year, um, just one point two assists per game on the season. But yeah, so if he can give you those those four or five assists per game, that really changes the, the dynamic for him. Um, and the other thing that we learned with the Pelicans today uh, was that they officially ruled out. Uh, they announced that Drew Holiday had um, undergone surgery, so he'll be out for the season. You don't have to worry about him coming back and eating to his minutes. So, um, yeah, J- Jackson's a, a, a guy. Definitely, if you need points, he's certainly a guy that provides a nice floor. He's playing 35 minutes a night um, over the last couple of weeks. So plenty of minutes, plenty of points. Um, and if he can give you some assists, that really boosts his value. All right, so... Before we get out of here, Tommy, that's our streaming game plan for the week. Certainly, you may find other names on your waiver wire. Those are just some to keep in mind. Right now, we're going to get into just a couple of your Twitter questions that you sent us. First up, and this is something we hit a little bit earlier, Tommy. Uh, VP wants to know, for streaming purposes, are you dropping Mitchell Robinson with games only Thursday and Saturday? And secondly, thoughts on Zach Collins and how many minutes will Stotts give him? We, we covered that for the most part. Your thoughts on Mitchell Robinson uh, for streaming purposes? I know you said you're dropping Dotson. Yes. Um, again, a lot of it depends on what I need in terms of categories. If I need blocks, it's really hard for me to drop a guy like Robinson because he could put, you know, his per 36 minute production, he could provide more blocks in two games than basically every other player in the league given three. And now that we're already at Tuesday night, I think if you had made a, if you were going to drop Robinson, it would have made sense to drop him Sunday night. So this way you get four games instead of two. At this stage of the game, most teams are only going to play three games over the rest of the week. So I guess it, I w- it would be, a you know, kind of weighing the pros and cons of playing a guy three games versus Mitchell Robinson three. And then if you have to, you know, play in the championships next week, you might lose him. Um, so I'd probably hold on to him if I could. He's probably the only Nick I'd feel really definitely I'd prefer to hold on to. But again, that could change later in the week if you're in a tough spot. Um, all bets are off at this stage of the game. Uh, the scarcity of blocks, I think, is the tiebreaker if you're looking for one on that one uh, yep. with Robinson. Uh, one other Twitter question we got. Uh, this is from Rouge, Twitter user Rouge. He wants to know, what round are you taking Trey Young in next year? And are you taking him before or after Luca? This has been a topic of much discussion on the podcast this year. Dr. A and I have butted heads. I think he's he's starting to come around on Trey Young in a big way, as most of the basketball universe appears to be. Tommy, I know you've been on board yeah. most of the year with Trey Young. We both like Luka Doncic too. Yep. What's your answer to this question? What round are you taking Trey Young in, and is that before or after Doncic? Yeah, we're on, we're on the same page here. We both loved Luca coming into the season. He certainly hasn't disappointed. But um, as far as fantasy wise, I'm definitely taking Trey Young ahead of Luca by a healthy margin. Probably twenty. I'll probably have him twenty or so spots higher on my top one fifty. I'll, I'll break down and, and do an overall ranking once the season ends. As far as round goes, I probably. I would feel comfortable in the in the third or fourth yeah. fourth round range um, is probably where I you know just thinking about it out loud right now is probably where I'd be. That's where I had landed. I was thinking like third round in a twelve team league. Um, yep. The last two months, uh, let's see here. The last two months, twenty seven games for Trey Young, twenty two for Doncic in nine category leagues. Trey Young is fifty first overall. 
Doncic is 129th overall. Yeah. There um, you go. Again, it's it's those sub-zero categories, the, the percentages yeah. and the turnovers where a guy can put you in a hole where Doncic has been a problem lately. Trey Young turning it over a lot, but pretty good in both percentages, or at least decent in field. You know, not not a total killer in field goals and actually yep. good in free throws. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at Trey Young being 50th overall the last two months and you bake some projection into that um, of him being better in his second year, I, I don't think it's crazy to start thinking about him in the 30-35 range. Agreed. A little bit of a reach, a little bit of a risk. Uh, obviously, a lot depends on who they draft and what they do in free agency, et cetera. But um, that combo of him and Collins, um, there's a, there's one of those guys that – and it, Young is going to be a player you will have to reach for. We talk about it every year. His name is is buzzing, and his, it will only increase as we head into the offseason. And, and people kind of take a look back and look at his numbers and go, oh, my God, he did that over the second half of the season. So you're going to have to reach for Trey Young. You're going to have to bake that into your – basically, if you want him, you're going to have to reach for him, basically. Also, everything I say about – Trey Young has the caveat of the fact that I'm a rabid, <laughs> yes. rabid, rabid and irrational Hawks fan. But yeah, that's so with that said, that's where I'm taking him. All right, uh, Tommy, you got a column coming out on Wednesday. Quickly, do you have a topic yet or are we going to find out on the fly? Uh, yeah, I'm going to just pr- I'll probably just, uh, write a, b- a little bit about the guys we've discussed in this podcast. I'm also going to take a look at some NCAA tournament numbers and kind of look towards next year with some of the, the awesome numbers that uh, incoming rookies will be able to post. Nice. All right. So that's out on Wednesday. Check that out. Roundball Stew will be out on Friday, as will Mike Gallagher's DFS podcast. Good luck, everyone. If you are streaming along with us here, thanks for taking the time to listen. Tommy, thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.